Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Tuesday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Monday, and um, the sea's coming up to swallow us all, according to a new report. Andrew Dickens on that shortly. Uh, sex education, uh, it seems to come up every now and again, so we'll discuss that. Uh, lessons from uh, Christchurch. Uh, Kate Hawkesby reviews those, and we try to talk to Facebook, but they won't answer back. Uh, but before any of that, um, the, our relationship with Turkey, a bit rough at the moment, eh? Uh, this is a genuinely dicey guy. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't trust his motives. There have been accusations that this is the sort of person who, you know, would stage a coup if it was politically benefil, uh, beneficial, and uh, and indeed... Those allegations may have some merit, but let's put that to one side. Um, it's that Winston Peters was sent over to Turkey expressly to ease the rhetoric coming from Erdogan's mouth. And while that rhetoric may have eased, and this is, you know, talk about New Zealanders and Australians uh, coming back home in coffins in light of what's happened in Christchurch. I mean, it's just staggering stuff. We mentioned this over the weekend on the Weekend Collective, that that regardless of your politics, one of the great things about how Jacinda Ardern has responded to this is that she has brought people together. She's been the very opposite of being divisive and of using things because they may be to your political advantage. She's had genuine compassion and empathy, and, and I think that's been... Um, able to be seen by probably 95% of us. Someone like Erdogan, who, after meeting with Winston Peters, was still showing some of that video at his political rallies. Just staggering. Uh, there seem to be mixed messages from Jacinda Ardern and Winston Peters as to why Winston had actually gone over, but he had gone over to kind of smooth this out, uh, which raises the question, has he dropped the ball here? It's a weird one because I think whether you're a fan or a critic of Winston, most people have agreed up until this point uh, when he does the foreign relations thing, he seems to do a reasonably good job. But yeah, this it's hard to see this as anything other than a bungle, whichever way you look at it. Um, now, there's a report in that says the sea's just going up, 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 and uh, so we shouldn't have any houses by it. That's just silly. Let's start with the story that was all over the place this morning because I think it, it's, it's, well, it's a thing that's brewing and we have to take account of it because the people who run our lives take account of it and then it affects us and it affects us in the wallet and it also affects us in terms of where we live. So an Auckland Council report, it doesn't matter that it's Auckland Council, it could be any council, they're all doing them at the moment. A council report has come out with who is threatened by rising seas. Reckons that 43,000 Aucklanders are directly threatened by rising seas. Um, that one and a half to four and a half of a percent of the city's land area now sits in low-lying coastal areas that could be vulnerable to surges and waves and king tides. Um, the report has found that over the past 10 years, strangely enough, the population has in fact been booming in those very areas most vulnerable to sea level rise more than the rest of the regional region overall, which I think is quite an interesting statistic out of it. I've always thought you're, you're better off clifftop than the seafront, aren't you? And then I was down in Wellington uh, the other weekend and I was looking at some of the clifftop houses there and it looked a bit sort of a roadie. I know that's not really an adjective, but it looked a bit of roadie underneath some of those houses. But Dodge, maybe 
stick to the plains, the hills. Anyway, I'm sure we'll be fine. As long as we get a good sex education. With the online presence pervasive, children need to know almost as soon as they can talk about how to filter information and they need to understand that what they see online isn't necessarily reality. And and sex is a huge part of that. It just horrifies me to think that that children are getting sex education from porn sites. What is that teaching them? It's teaching them absolutely nothing apart from cold, heartless, mechanical physicality, and that is not sex. So if you are the parent of a child, a teenager, if you have young children, when do you start talking to them? When do you start accessing what they can see? Do you even know what they're, what they're looking at online? And when you discover that they've been looking at sites, how do you deal with it? How do you tell them that this is not in fact reality? Should the job of sex education be outsourced to teachers? I would say yes. If parents are going to be conflicted about giving all the information, then yes, leave it to the teachers. But I think the conversation, if you can stomach it, needs to start almost as soon as children are able to communicate. Because it's a wild, wild world out there. And it's in our homes, on our smartphones, on our computers, and we can't protect our kids unless we give them the right messages. Because they're certainly not getting that on the internet. Um, I mean, that's not exactly true. The right messages are on the internet. It's just so are all the wrong ones. And there's not really... It's, it can be a bit difficult to tell which is which, even for adults. Sometimes especially for adults. Uh, we'll have more on uh, the troubles with the internet uh, shortly, but before we do, uh, let's just look back at um, Christchurch and the lessons we've learned so far. It seemed to be conveniently forgotten that this alleged gunman was not even a New Zealander, that he acted as a lone wolf, and that in fact some people are just hateful and evil all by themselves. There was some debate around which city in the country was the most racist. A line got drawn around religions. Could we actively embrace a different religion without usurping our own? Could we have faith but no religion? At a time when the majority of voices were singing a chorus of inclusion, there were still some who seemed confused by the meaning of the word. Some who felt inclusion meant, you must share my view. Corporates got edgy. What should or shouldn't they advertise? What was or was not appropriate? Even Tourism New Zealand suspended its advertising of our country. Yes, a lot of what happened by way of reaction was good and necessary and appropriate, but I don't think there needed to be finger-pointing. It doesn't need politicising. What we saw last week by way of response to hate was humanity, and that's inclusive, which means, like it or not, some views may differ to your own. It doesn't mean we need to draw more lines or boundaries. Surely what the Muslim community have shown us is that faith in humanity, faith in goodness is what matters. Not your religion, not your political views, but an intrinsic belief that most people are good and that goodness can exist 
no matter what place of worship you're in, no matter what your politics are, no matter what culture you hail from or what colour your skin is. I still can't help thinking that if we just didn't worship it anywhere, uh, because, you know, the whole imaginary guy in the sky thing is silly, that might solve a few problems as well. Just throwing that out. I know it's, that's controversial. Is it always controversial to say that, or just at this particular time? If it's just this particular time, just forget I said it. And we'll um, finish up with um, trying to uh, talk to Facebook about privacy concerns. Here's our privacy commissioner. Uh, He's got no answer. So what exactly would you have wanted to hear back from Facebook? Well, the the email that that you quoted from was something that I sent uh, in in the context of um, uh, a a campaign by an Auckland journalist, uh, Chris Keel at The Herald, calling out Facebook saying, you know, are you going to come and talk to us? Are you going to come and talk to us? And I agreed with them. I thought that was really important. And I tweeted something uh, to that effect, saying that they had committed to to keeping me briefed just the week before. Uh, I hadn't heard anything in, in, in a week since the shooting. And then Thursday night, I got an email from them um, simply saying, hey, uh, we've breached privacy with our inability to keep passwords safe, and this is a heads up, we're going public. So no comment of, about or reference to the incidents of the previous Friday, and it just really sort of stung, and I, um, I wanted to call them out. Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm trying to get an answer out of something like Facebook. is. A, it, I think we can relate that back to what I was saying before. It's a bit like talking to God. You're not necessarily going to get a literal answer. Uh, you might just sort of get a vibe that you're on the right track or the wrong track. Cleansy um, B, are you saying that Facebook's the new god? And I'm saying, well, it's one of them, isn't it? This has all got very um, esoterical, isn't it? Or is it just esoteric? I'm Cleansy B. I'll let you ponder that. Just, just go away and. Think on it for the next 24 hours. I'll see you back here with more philosophical debate tomorrow.